Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and I'm joined here today with blogger and assistant editor-in-chief at Barstool Sports Hubs. Hey, what's going on? So before we get started, I just want to remind the listeners of this podcast that you get a free trial at Audible using my code www.audibletrial.com slash NGL. You have over 180,000 titles to choose from. It's great to uh, pass the time by reading and maybe picking up a little knowledge, but check it out today. So this episode is largely going to cover the upcoming MLB season. Uh, Since Hubs is a MLB writer, uh, I wanted to kind of get his take on various storylines, trades, just uh, predictions for this upcoming season. The first thing that's on everyone's mind in the MLB world is where do Manny Machado and Bryce Harper sign? Now, they've been rumored to to be commanding big contracts, especially in previous years, but it seems as if the market's all but dried up and it's not anywhere what it used to be. So, in your in your best guess, where where do Manny Machado and Bryce Harper go and like for how much money? How much money's left on the table at this point? Yeah, uh, million dollar question right now. I mean, we're it's February tenth and we're, we're recording this, and it's great, you know, one signed. I mean, and JD Martinez did this last year, but it was a little different. He doesn't he doesn't play any defense, and there was only really one team in on him. Diamondbacks were going to bring weren't going to bring him back, so it's different with him. It's, I mean, these are two twenty six year old superstars who can be the face of your franchise, change the complexion of your team, and and its prospects going forward. I mean. You add them to any team, and things just change drastically, regardless who they are, what their record was last year. And the fact that both of them are sitting there right now without a team, and it's not just them, it's a bunch of other guys, too. I mean, you could pretty much man an all-star team, not an all-star team, a playoff team with the free agents out there, but with them sitting there without a team, it's, it's just, and there's maybe a handful, maybe I can count on one hand how many teams are on both guys. That's pretty crazy. So, I mean, the, the report came out yesterday, the Yankees offered him, him, I mean, Manny Machado, they offered him seven or eight years, $220 million back in December when they sat down. That offer is pretty much off the table, I think, now that they moved on with LeMahieu. Uh, but it shows you what the market was then, and Machado basically thought he could get a lot more than that. He still thinks he can get $300 million. He's crazy. Harper thinks it, too. It's just not going to happen. Harper, he could come close, but Manny's not going to, it seems like. So, the Yankees are writing their offer that gave the market pretty accurately, and that was his market, and now it's even lower to the point where maybe he gets $200 million. Maybe. So, in terms of predicting things, it's really, I mean, it's literally flipping coin at this point, but I think Harper goes to Washington. I think he just goes back there. They're offering the most money. Um, I think he's comfortable there. Um, you know, they, they added Corbin. You know, they, they're in win now, though, for sure. I don't know. I, I really just don't think he likes Philadelphia, the city, and I don't blame him. I don't know who would like that city. It's just not a good city. Uh, I, don't, I think if, he, if, if the Onion, I think, tweeted out the other day, like, Harper will sign with the Phillies if they move uh, where they're playing, if they move their city, which is very But um, if I were to guess, it's a Harper, Washington, and I guess Manny to the White Sox because there's just no one else in on him. If he really just doesn't want to play there, then he'll go to the Yankees on the cheap or maybe a shorter shorter in years deal maybe a three-year deal for a hundred million dollars something like that that's a pipe dream for the yankees but yeah i mean i guess by process of elimination he goes to the white Sox, and harper i think goes back to washington yeah i i definitely agree i think that that machado doesn't really have a lot of options i think harper has more and if anything i think the phillies are in win now mode after trading for real muto but i don't really think that 
like you said, that, that Harper wants to go there. And so, yeah, the, the White's, I think Machado's going to follow the money. Um, I think that he's he's had a lot of losing seasons as a member of the, the Orioles, and hopefully they can build around him. But ultimately, I think he's got to go for the money. And if it's not the Nationals, I have to think that that he may go uh, that Harper may go to the Dodgers because um, they traded out Yasiel Puig. They've opened up outfielder spots, and I mean they're not shy about spending money. So there's no, I mean it's it's anyone's guess, like you said, at this point where this is going to go. But that's probably where where I'd put my money at. I think the Dodgers are a little scared to spend money. I think it's the opposite. I, I, I they they have these guys to pay in the future. And they're very, I don't know, they're very weird with money lately. I don't i don't know what it is. So, I mean, they just paid Kershaw. You know, you eventually have to pay Seager, Turner, Bell. But they have these young guys you have to pay. So I, I don't know necessarily they, they want to give him all the money in the world. I think the Giants are really interesting lately. They, it seems like they were, they're very interested in him. He's interested in them. They're a lead player that, like, is kind of a dark horse to this whole thing. Depends what they want to offer him, but... I definitely could see him ending up there. I see him. I think the chances he goes to San Francisco are higher than LA. That's just me. Yeah. No. I. I remember hearing about the report. Was it like this past week that that he sat down with Giants ownership uh, about about playing with them? No. I, I mean the the story keeps getting crazier. But at this point last year, what was it? JD Martinez and Eric Hosmer still hadn't signed. So we we may have to wait a couple more weeks. Yeah. I mean we're we're eleven days from from pitchers and catchers reporting. So. We'll see if anything happens to shake up between them. Even but, less, I think the Yankees report this week. Oh, is it this? Oh, it's, it's this week. Okay, so even yeah, we've got even yeah. less time. So it's anyone. It's anyone's guess. But another another storyline that's been that's been brewing recently is rule changes in the MLB. So they're trying to figure out a way to speed up the game, make it more interesting. Uh, you know, get get more viewership because they've really been it's really been dwindling in recent years. What are what are some rules that you've heard, or maybe a rule that you've come up with that you'd like to see implemented in the MLB to improve relevance and, and excitement of the game? Well, I don't think it would be changing the disabled list to the injured list. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be the one that does it, uh, which is the only one the MLB uh, this past week. That was pretty dumb. Uh, but something I like to see, I mean, I don't hate, I, I, I don't hate the idea of, um, a universal DH. Um, I'm honestly like 50-50 on it. Like, if they, if they kept it as it is, that's kind of cool how two leagues have two different rules and there's different strategy and stuff. But at the same time, like, you know, it's cool when a pitcher does hit a home run, but if you look at the grand scheme of things, they hit, they're, you know, most of them hit below 100. So it's kind of like, wait, what are we doing here? And, like, it's easier to pitch nationally because you pretty much face eight, eight hitters instead of nine in the American League. So it's just weird. There's no other sport like it where... You know, a league just has different rules to a sport, uh, which kind of makes baseball, you know, um, unique. But it's it's stupid when you think about it. A rule I want to really see change, not really with the game of baseball, but in terms of growing it, is just how baseball does their social media and how you really can't they they really hunker down on on tweeting out clips and home runs and like there's no really other league that does that. In basketball, the reason basketball Twitter the basketball is just growing as a sport in general is because you know, if I see LeBron James have a crazy 360 windmill dunk in the middle of a game, I can just, you know, grab it on my phone and tweet that out with no penalty at all. And, you know, you know, it, it grows and, and it goes throughout Twitter, and it's great. Baseball, you really can't do it. you got to wait till like, the main accounts from the MLB or, like, the teams uh, tweet it out, and it just takes forever, and it's just, it loses, 
it, it's flash and it's just dumb and I didn't don't understand why baseball does it that way. So if they really just were very became relaxed on the social media rules, I think that would grow the game in itself way more than any rule change within the actual game. You know, you're talking they've talked pitch clock. I don't know if that ever is going to happen. That would be very interesting. I mean, they're trying to do in the minor leagues and spring training and all that. We'll see. I don't know how on board I am with a pitch clock. I personally, as a fan of the game, I don't care how long the game is because I just love watching it. I can sit in my my in my room and just watch four baseball games in a row and not really blink. You know, other people don't have the ability to do that, but I, I I'm one of the rare people that can, and I, I just love the game of baseball. But in terms of all the rules, I think the number one would be just changing social media because they don't have it the right way right now, and it's really crazy that they haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, I I agree. There's there's a lot of rules that that they could change, um, but but a lot of it would change the strategy and kind of the appeal of the game to like the the analytics people because that's a lot of what baseball is is running the numbers and probabilities and figuring out that best sort of thing. Because another one of the rules that they they uh, they talked about was having a three batter limit for a pitcher, which doesn't really seem seem to make a lot of sense because when when you're thinking about it and you want you want to bring in the left handed guy the left-handed pitcher and for just one batter because you need to get that guy out then that goes away so that that takes away uh, a piece of of playing the game the way that it was it was used to being played and also with the universal dh i mean i i think i think it could be useful i agree with you that it's it kind of adds to that little it adds a little spice to the league considering there's no there's no other sport really that has different rules for different leagues I think the biggest the, the, the biggest issue with the the you mentioned the three batter limit with pitchers. I don't know about that. I don't think that's going to work because all I see coming from that is pitchers faking injuries. And so, like you know, you a guy's only coming in for one batter, right? Like a left hand specialist or whatever, or mm-hmm. a guy who just owns another guy. You know, like let's say Trout is coming up, and you have a pitcher who just owns him in your tent. You know, if you only want to face, you only want him to face Trout, nobody else. Well, after he faces Trout or whatever it is, he could just very well fake a minor injury, come out of the game, and then, oh, there's your one pitcher. So it's just, that's going to happen way too much if you go to the three batter limit. Plus, like, I, I get what they're trying to do because it does pull on the game when a guy comes in for one batter and just comes out. And, you know, we have two commercial breaks that we didn't need. Yeah, I, I, think, I think one of the things, like you said, they should focus on is really growing uh, the sport outside of, um, or, or on social media and growing it through that as opposed to figuring out yeah. these set rules that would uh, essentially affect the way that, that players play the game or that they, they call the game. Obviously, you can't talk about baseball without making World Series predictions. So I want you to give me two sets of predictions. I want you to give me the favorites that you think are um, that everyone's thinking or that you know are probably going to win. And then I want you to give me your, your dark horse candidates that could make a run that we're not really talking about right now. Okay, um... Well, if I were to think of what the World Series is going to be today, um, I would probably, I mean, I'm biased, because I'm the Yankees guy, but so I'm going to say the Yankees. I mean, they're a 100-win team that's returning, you know, everybody, and, you know, they won 100 games despite Judge missing two months, Gary Sanchez having the worst year you could possibly have, uh, Giancarlo was good, not great, could, oh, I think he's going to do much better in his second year in New York. They're starting rotation for the better part of the year, Included uh, you know, just absolute, just, you know, Domingo Herman, Sonny Gray, Luis Sessa. Those guys are now replaced by James Paxton and Jay Happ. Jay Happ came on the second half of the year, but now they have him for a So their rotation is improved. They added Adovino, they brought back Zach Britton, 
They did lose Dave Robinson. I was kind of okay with that. Uh, I just think they're improved in every part of the game. They didn't add the big piece that everyone kind of salivated for, like Joe you know, Harper Machado, yet. I mean, mm-hmm. that always still happens somehow. But in terms of attacking their needs, they did it in every way they should have. Uh, and, you know, put, getting a Machado Harper will put them way over the top. But I think they're in a great spot. 100-win team bringing all those improvements in. I mean, there's no reason they they should actually be winning the division this year. I think the Red Sox got worse. I think the Red Sox had not a lucky season, but just everything kind of broke their way. You know, in terms of relievers, getting hot, they starting pitching. I don't think it's all. I don't think it's capable of producing that all over again in another 162 game season. So I think the Yankees are going to be in the World Series, uh, and I think I will get a lot of good logic to that. Uh, and the National League, I mean, it's pretty wide open. My dark horse is the Mets. I think the Mets are. In a really good spot, they added some good pieces. They got a pretty good lineup. Obviously, it all comes down to starting rotation if they stay healthy. I think if they do stay healthy, as per every year, and they just don't, uh, besides their World Series here, but I think the Mets are in a good spot. Obviously, it sucks that the National East is really stacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got the Braves. They're young. They're fun. They got better. The Phillies are locked and loaded. Obviously, you said they had a real Muto. Even the Marlins are like always going to be pesky. And then you got the Nationals who. You know, if they brought back, if they bring back Corbin, they, they're locked and loaded. Your, your National League pennant winner is coming out of the NL East. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. it's just so loaded. Plus, they're going to be like beating each other up all year, kind of making each other good. Where I just like hate how the Central is usually just so crappy, and the team that comes out of it is just like, well, who'd you beat in the, in the NL Central? Like, obviously, you, you, you know, it's just I think the Cubs and Brewers, sure, but I don't. Know, neither of them did anything crazy to improve their team, so I don't know. I don't see anything out of Central that's flashing. Uh, obviously, the Cardinals did add Goldsmith, but I still think they're a few pieces away. The West is so boring. You know, it's the Dodgers and everybody else. They're even worse than the Central in terms of, like, parity. Uh, so I think it's going to come out of the East. I would probably say, I, I think the Phillies. I think the Phillies get to get there. I think we've got a rematch with 09. I think it's Phillies Yankees. Yeah, no, there's, there's no question the Phillies probably had the most, the busiest offseason. I don't want to go out and say it's the best because there's obviously still a lot of things that haven't happened yet, like the season hasn't played, but they've by far been the busiest, uh, adding Real Muto, Gene Segura, and Andrew McCutcheon, and they they pair it with they paired and those Segura. guys and Gene Segura. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they paired it with with uh, guys that are already talented. Like the Phillies came out of nowhere last year, and now they came in and signed a bunch of guys to hopefully get better. Um, I can, I have to agree with you. I, I think it will be Phillies and Yankees. Obviously, there's a little bias because I'm a Yankees fan too, but I mean the, you've seen the the young guys. Uh, Miguel and Duhar, Glaber Torres, uh, have have really come into their own as a part of the Yankees, and we we hadn't seen a, we hadn't seen a really great season from Giancarlo Stanton or Aaron Judge, and Gary Sanchez was just awful the the whole year. Uh, I, I think they they made some really great signings and some really great trades, and I, I I agree with you. I think we really could see Yankees Phillies, but my dark horse. You, I mean, you kind of touched them a little bit, but I I think it's it's the Cardinals. So they got Goldschmidt. And last year they won 87 games. They've, they've got really solid pitching. They added Andrew Miller, who kind of had an off year, but can hopefully turn it around. Uh, they've got some. They've got Marcelo Zuna, Matt, Matt Carpenter, who was in the MVP conversation for half a second until he kind of fell off. Um, but I don't know. I think if they can if they can put the pieces together, they might have a shot to make it a run. Uh, and they, I just I worry about their starting rotation. Yeah, they have good hitters for sure, no doubt about it. Very good line of top to bottom. But I worry. So you know, the starting rotation is. Waka, Mikolas, and you don't even know where you're going to get at Carlos Martinez because, I mean, at some point last year he moved to the bullpen. So I just, I, I don't know what you're getting 
after that one-two, and Waka's not even like a worthy one-two in my opinion. Yeah, sure, Mikolas looks like he's the real deal if he could replicate it, but I don't know. Wayne Wright's towards the end of his career. It's just, I don't know how many, I don't know what their three, four, five is looking like in a starting rotation. Yeah. That's my only fear of them. Yeah, no, I, I think the pieces will have to fall the right way in order for uh, the, the Cardinals to make it. But there's no question about it. I think Mikolas has probably one of the best mustaches in all of baseball. That That's certifiable yeah, fact. Sure. Now we, we're coming to storylines. So for someone who may not be following a whole lot of baseball or maybe, you know, enjoys watching games but doesn't really read up enough on it, what are some, what are some things that uh, you're thinking is going to happen or some storylines that maybe we're, uh, we're not following right now or we should or should continue to follow as the season goes, uh, goes into full swing? I kind of want to see if Mookie Bills can do this again. Uh, he had a very good player. But I, I don't know if he's maybe it's just a Red Sox bias to me, but I just don't know if he's an MVP perennial MVP candidate. Had a great season in twenty eighteen, no doubt about it. But people kind of forget that like his in twenty seventeen he had two sixty four. I mean he still had good numbers, but not MVP numbers. I, I just don't know if he's capable of hitting in the three you know, like he had such an unbelievable season, he had almost an eleven war. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if he, I, I, I don't know, it, it's tough to say like storylines and, and predict them like just off the top, but that's stuff that just happens throughout the season, but yeah, Mookie Bats, I mean, I really want to see if Giancarlo can come into himself, I mean, I'm going to, all these will be pretty much Yankees at this point, because that's all I'm focused on, but like, uh, I, I'm very interested to see how Giancarlo handles year two in New York, I think that's a huge, I mean, you could, if he really takes advantage of that ballpark, he can definitely put up MVP numbers, like he did in Miami that one year. People say, oh, the Miami MVP is a fluke. I don't think so. I, I think the guy hit 38 home runs in a, in a down year for him uh, last year. He put him in a good season. Uh, you know, he's, he's adjusting to New York. I think year two, I think anyone will say, well, you, need to, you need a year to adjust to New York City. And just playing it, the fans, the media, all that, the pressure, I think year two will be huge for him. I think he'll be one of the bigger stories. I guess another one, how many games can the Orioles possibly lose because they're even worse than they were last year? Can oh, they set man. the record? <laughs> like, can they lose 120 games? I, I don't know. Like, they are maybe in the worst possible situation you could be in, like, in terms of, like, they're going to be so, so, so bad. I think the White Sox are interesting. They have some young pieces. I want to see Eloy Jimenez come up. Oh, another guy, stick with the AL East, Vlad Guerrero Jr. I think that's a guy who could kind of be like, like if you follow basketball and how Zion Williamson is just dominating, mm-hmm. um, you know, like college and and you know social media eats him up. I think the MLB has a pretty good chance to market the hell out of uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. and just all these moonshots he hits when he gets called up. Assuming he gets called up eventually, <laughs> I thought he was going to be a blast year. Didn't got hurt a little, whatever. Hopefully, starts the year in school, Toronto. Although that's been the Yankees because he's going to kill us, guaranteed. But Vlad Guerrero Jr., if you're if you're not an ad, uh, uh, a regular baseball fan and you're kind of just like, oh, who is this guy? Pay attention to Vlad Guerrero Jr. He's an absolute monster. Yeah, no, there's there's no question about it. Going back to the Orioles thing, uh, I just love that because my dad's a really big Orioles fan. He grew up in in Maryland, so I think he's really going to appreciate hearing, you know, hearing us talk about the Orioles, even though it's it's in a really negative light. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll love that. <laughs> Speaking of speaking of formal Orioles, I guess uh, one of the biggest storylines I think probably out of the entire offseason uh, is Zach Britton changing his name, dropping the H, switching it to the K. Um, I don't. Know, what, what are your thoughts on that? What do you What do you think about that happening? <laughs> I mean, some people were joking that 
it means he's going from the H to the K means no more hits and more strikeouts. So all for it. Uh, I think it's just pretty crazy how no one really knew it was his real name. It wasn't his real name this whole time. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, I like the whole Twitter engagement he had when he announced it. Someone someone tweeted out him his old jersey from the playoffs in 2015. And it was like, as long as like this signature still sticks, like I'm good with it. And then someone asked if that was a game used jersey, and Britain said in all caps, no, kind of referencing in 2015 how he didn't get used in, the, in that wild card game despite having one of the best reliever seasons ever in baseball history. And Showalter didn't go to him, so I like that. Um, but no, in terms of him switching his name, I mean, it really won't bother me too much. It'll confuse me probably a few times, and I'll definitely get it wrong a lot. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't say it's one of the bigger storylines of the offseason, but it's, it's definitely an interesting one. It caught my eye when it happened. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's more of a testament to how dull of an offseason it's really been in the MLB as opposed yeah. to how uh, incredible it is. But I think one of the big things to follow is, speaking of relievers, obviously, it's how much more managers will rely on relievers. You know, you've, you've got different teams that honestly think that they're better off running with their relievers and going guys a couple innings at a time as opposed to getting six innings out of a starter. I, I think that's something to follow because, I mean, that's that's kind of opposite from what we've seen uh, in years past, having guys throw for 250, 260 innings a, a season. Yeah, uh, it was interesting, Madison Bumgarner, well, Bruce Bucci's quotes, because Bumgarner wasn't there, was some giant thing. They asked about uh, how the Giants might switch the openers or use them more in 2019, uh, which is obviously, you know, Kevin Cash and the Rays revolutionized baseball with that, and they won 90 games doing it. But uh, they, asked, they asked about it, and they said Bob Garner said he'd walk out of the ballpark if he heard they were using an opener in his game, which is very funny. He's very old school. Uh, but, I mean, it's, it, I mean, they, it worked. It's weird, but it definitely worked. It's going to, I think it's, I think the, the rule change is going to lead to, I don't know how soon it will happen, obviously not this year, uh, but they're going to eventually, I think, expand the 25-man roster. Possibly it's just 40 all year round because I think with how many relievers teams are going to start using and you know, with this whole opener situation and just kind of going away from the starting pitcher, I think you're going to need, you know, the 40-man roster, is gonna, the 25-man roster is going to need to expand. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's something that matter. Um, I, I wonder how many other teams start using it. The Yankees really have never done it so it'll be interesting if they try and do it maybe you know their their fifth spot in the rotation is kind of open i mean it's cc but how long can his knee hold up mm-hmm. you don't know if there's gonna yeah you know, I, I don't know i mean they have four good starters and the fifth one is kind of up in the air but just like I, I, i'm very that's another storyline for sure to look out for is how many teams you know adopt this opener strategy which clearly worked for the Rays. i mean they they had no business winning 90 games and they did anytime the yankees faced them they, they got Romo in the first, and it was that guy Yarbrough pitching like four innings, and, mm-hmm. and, and they never won. They just There was a house of horrors in Tampa. It still will be this year. I, I, it's just very interesting to monitor what teams adopt that, that strategy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of storylines, or stories for that matter, uh, listeners of this podcast can get a free, audible free trial using my code www.audibletrial.com slash NGL. Maybe you're interested in what we're talking about today and want to build your build your knowledge of baseball or other sports or autobiographies of your style or maybe mo- novels. I don't know. Uh, go ahead and, and try it out on Audible, audibletrial.com slash NGL. Get your free 30-day trial, get a free audiobook as well as access to 
whatever Audible has to offer. Okay, so the last thing, uh, this kind of ties along with storylines, but I want to I wanna get your take on some records that you think that will be broken this year because it's always exciting when, uh, you know, you can tie some stat to it, but any any major sports news network can really say, oh, well, he's the first person to do this on this day at this time. Like, you can make a record out of anything, but what's what's an, what's an actual record that you think could be broken this year? I don't know. I think that if the Yankees play to their potential and they actually beat the Orioles this year, you know, like they, they lost so many games to the Orioles last year they shouldn't have, and they still won 100 games. And you think with all the potential they have, like they could break the all-time wins record. Like they, every year we could say this with this whole team, with the team they've assembled, like, and that bullpen. They, if, you know, if health is, uh, is on their side this year, there's no reason why they can't take a good shot at that at that win record, uh, the, the, that that you know their own record, uh, and and the and the, uh, and the merits. You know, so like to break their own team record and then the all, overall record. There's there's no reason they can't get they can get, get a shot at it. Uh, in terms of individual records, always an impossible thing to to ask. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to say any starting pitching records because you know inning limit, not inning limits, but like just. You know, people are getting pulled earlier and not going deeper. So you can't say, like, oh, Scherzer's going to break the strikeout record or stuff like that. But yeah. I don't know. Um, in terms of uh, no one's going to hit Bonds' home run record, but maybe someone can hit 60. Maybe a Yankee can hit 60. Maybe a Red Sox can hit 60. I, 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 maybe, you know, I don't know. But it's, it, that's a tough question. I don't know. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's definitely impossible to predict, but there was, there was one stat that I came across that seems entirely possible. So... In 2009, Mark Reynolds broke the uh, single-season strikeout record uh, with 223, and that's not um, okay. that's not strikeouts as in obviously pitchers striking batters out, but batters being struck out. Uh, and over over the last three years since 2016, there have been uh, six 200 strikeout games or seasons seasons from players. There have been six six players to have strikeout 200 strikeout seasons, and only seven others outside of the past three years. And I think that uh, with the way that the MLB keeps, or, or since uh, with the way that batters keep striking out more and more, I think it's entirely possible for that to happen. Also, I think the Yankees could easily break their their team home run record. Uh, they did it like we've been talking about. They did it with with the shell of of Gary Sanchez and a couple guys out and a couple guys injured. But I don't see why they can't go right back to to uh, breaking that record. Right. Well, what, do you know what the, off the top of your head what the strikeout record is for hitters? For uh, two two twenty three, uh, Mark yeah Mark oh, Reynolds okay. two twenty three yeah. yeah. So Moncada had two seventeen last year. Mm-hmm. two eleven. I think Gallo could get it. He's seen two oh seven. He he strikes out every time he gets up. Either it's strikes out. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually a good one. I think two twenty three can get it. Let's go for that. Yeah, because yeah, there there were three three players last year that had two hundred plus. I, I think that I think it's possible. I don't think it's a record that you really want to have. But and you could also look at uh, uh, managers maybe resting their players so they don't get to that record. But I, I think it's entirely possible if we're going, if if we're having to make a prediction on on record setting, uh, yeah, record setting moments. All right. Well, I think that's just about going to do it on the podcast. Uh, thanks, Hubs, for coming on and, and talking a little baseball. No problem. I you can check out his podcast, The Short Porch, on iTunes, where it's it's mainly uh, in depth about the Yankees and interviews with players and different things. So, yeah, it's like two fans, it's just, it's two fans just casually talking about the Yankees. Here, metric stats, all that. I mean, occasionally we'll we saw the stat we like, yeah, sure, but uh, it's usually just two guys 
casually talking about the Yankees and, uh, you know, not really um, you know, talking like the, you know, reporters out there. We kind of just do it casually and people seem to like it. So give it a shot. It's a short porch. It's, uh, it's a good listen. Yeah, for all, the, for all the Yankees fans out there or uh, people looking for a team, it's it is really a good listen. I've I've heard a couple episodes and I, I enjoy it. Obviously, being a Yankees fan, uh, you can also follow him on Twitter at Barstool Hubs or check out his articles on Barstool.com. He always he always has great pieces uh, that he, that he puts out, and I've I've always enjoyed it. All right, you guys can check out this podcast on iTunes. You can check it out on Spotify. We also have stickers, so feel free to uh, DM me on Instagram at PodcastNGL to to order yours today. They're pretty tight. But yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening. Have a good day.